Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to release this episode. It was recorded as part of an amazing event called PodMax, where I had the opportunity to interview different business owners and entrepreneurs about what they do and their experiences with success and failure and growth and all of the amazing things that we talk about on this podcast. This episode, I had the opportunity of talking to two individuals who are partners in their business, Pavel and Victor, and I'm so excited to dig into their interviews and let you hear more about them. Before we do that, if you are somebody who feels like you're not getting the traction that you would like in your business, that you aren't seeing the success that you want, you are outwardly successful, yet you don't feel fulfilled on the inside. If you're not sure what steps to be taking to take your business and your life to the next level, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The Define Your Life Mastermind is 12 weeks of calls and opportunities to learn from myself and other experts that I bring in on how to level up your business, how to define what you really want out of life, how to make sure that you are taking the steps necessary to not only define your best life, but also build a plan to take your business to the next level and live the life that you've always wanted, get out of your comfort zone and do those things that are going to allow you to execute the plans that we build. If this sounds like something that you want more information on, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com, schedule a call to talk to me, and we will see if we're a good fit to work together. Without further ado, let's get into this amazing PodMax episode with Pavel and Victor. Welcome to the show. I have um, Pavel and Victor with me today. How are you guys doing? Hello, Amber. Today, I am, my name is Tantrique. it is nice to have you guys with me so we are actually doing this as part of the podcast um, pod max event which is super super cool to be able to connect and network and i looked up a little bit about your guys's business and i'm super excited to talk about what you guys do um why don't we go back just a little bit though and learn a little bit about each each of you um where you guys from and what was it like for you guys growing up Whoever wants to go first is fine. Let's 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 hear from Mr. Tantri. How did he get where he is right now? <laughs> okay, uh, I had a very complicated childhood. Um, um, you know, my 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 heritage is French, but I grew up in Kazakhstan. Uh, was a very in a community with a lot of French-speaking uh, people, and so I still have a very heavy accent. And uh, this, so after Kazakhstan, I. I went to United States to study, and then I went back to Russia, and that's where I went to university. We and I met Pavel, my uh, my best friend, since uh, 25 years ago, uh, I think maybe 20, 30. Can't remember. More than, more, more, more than 25, actually. But uh, oh, yeah. oui, wow! Uh, so. Uh, my be- my best friend, good friend from Russia, we went to university together. He studied uh, he studied uh, law, and I studied uh, economics and linguistics. We oui. uh, so linguistics was my passion and still is, and uh, I loved the business part, and so I wanted to go for business as well. And uh, what we did in in Russia university because everything was just great there uh, to make it even greater we started doing comedy we in the university uh, to become more popular and get you know meet girls of course and uh, it was working fantastic <laughs> until we came to the united states of course <laughs> it's a little different so, yeah. experience here right completely yeah. So I, um, uh, if, if, if you're done and I'll just uh, add some more information, yes, I'll not please. be so uh, uh, French speaking, I'll use my uh, native Russian accent if, that, if that's okay. Uh, so I was uh, born in Uzbekistan, uh, former Soviet Union, um, and um, um, I later moved to uh, Russia where uh, we met at the university with Victor. 
and uh, we became uh, friends since then. Um, and uh, in the year of 2000, we came to the United States, uh, which was quite a long time ago, uh, where we um, used our creative qualities and passion to, you know, creating something, to create our first business. And that's where we are 25 years later, uh, still working together, enjoying and um, uh, creating um, something pretty much every day. That's amazing. So for each of you, um, the immigration attorney in me loves talking to people that are from other countries. And I love asking what the most or, or the biggest thing for you to adjust to in the United States that's kind of different from from your home country. What is that for each of you? Uh, well, the, the language barrier was number one, but uh, for some reason, as a 19 years old, I quickly overcame that part. It only took me about three months to be more or less comfortable with basic communication. And I was surrounded by a uh, number of English-speaking people at that time. And uh, I actually was able to learn that there are so many different other accents in English, and mine wasn't just as bad or as good. And that gave me such a great comfort in the conversation and uh, gave me the uh, power uh, to excel and, and actually make me want to learn it as opposed to, you know, when you're in school, you're not exposed to that kind of environment. And you think like, oh, you know, that's the only way. And British accent is the only accent you can possibly hear. <laughs> so. Yes. What about you? Tantric? Tantric, oui. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Uh, fantastic. Uh, for, for me, it was, of course, the food. It was hard to adjust with all the food. Language, no problem at all, as you can hear. Uh, <laughs> it's, it was mostly the food and, uh, and the clothing, too. Very uptight jeans I don't like. Uh, <laughs> so it was high, hard to find good clothing. But immigration, funny you mentioned the immigration. Uh, you maybe did not see my immigration case, which is uh, this thick. Uh, it was about 14, 14 years of yeah, struggle and uh, long, long story. Yes, we, uh, they tried to deport me twice. Uh, it's good. I will mention first, I am the United States citizen, very proud. Uh, so they could not deport me to Russia or Kazakhstan, of course, or French. Who would take such a guy? Because uh, they have to ask first. You can't just ship them. Uh, into Mexico, they can just put you on the bus and send you home. But uh, to other countries in Europe, they have to tell you American uh, ICE uh, organization that they accept the citizen. And uh, <laughs> who would accept, of course? <laughs> well, lucky so, you, right? Um, uh, so let's talk about what you guys are doing now. Um, you guys have this really interesting business called Popcorn Ceiling Solutions. What is that and how did that all start and come about? Uh, Popcorn Ceiling Solutions started as a marketing campaign. Uh, we were in the stretch ceiling business uh, at the time as installers. The stretch ceiling business came from Europe as well as everything, great things came from Europe, of course. And uh, uh, Germans and the French are the best at uh, making pretty much everything. Uh, of course, Germans are not the greatest as the French accent, but uh, as stretch ceilings they are. Uh, stretch ceiling is a system that they use a wide span fabric to cover ceiling surfaces like popcorn. And in the United States, nobody was looking for stretch ceilings. Uh, so we were, did not know how to sell them very well. And we found out that people have a big problem with popcorn ceilings in the United States and lighting and concrete ceilings. And we thought, hey, why don't we target the problem? Not what we are good at, but we will explain to people about the problem and how, how we can help them. That was the campaign for a residential consumer, okay? Because stretch ceilings could be used in commercial buildings as well for acoustics and for graphics and for other great things, I guess, lighting as well. We could put LED lights behind the fabric and make the whole ceiling beautifully lit. And it's called backlit ceiling and wall too. 
Um, yeah, I, sh I should mention I should mention that the uh, uh, the idea of Popcorn City Solution uh, was a really good fit in the market like New York with a lot of uh, high-rise buildings and uh, with um, low ceilings, etc. That uh, Mr. Tantrip, uh, aka Victor, just mentioned, and uh, by lending our feet in New York and by being in the construction industry for quite some time before we got into the stretch ceiling business, we were constantly battling the problem of popcorn, uh, removal of popcorn, covering the uh, concrete ceiling without losing the, uh, the height of the ceiling, which is a precious commodity in New York City buildings. Well, this is where the idea came from. And, uh, we uh, decided to introduce it in the form of a popcorn ceiling solution. And uh, Mr. Tantrit was behind the idea and uh, he created all this marketing uh, campaign and uh, um, um, all the uh, uh, basically all the videos and uh, all the how to's to promote the product and to promote this uh, actually amazing business. So, did you guys have experience in this before? It seems like such a niche field to get into. How did you guys stumble across this? I found this online, as every gate thing in the world. Uh, you could find uh, lots of good things and stress ceilings apparently as well. I was looking for something completely different, but thanks to Google, uh, they will show you something that you need to see. I was looking for the doors and they were told me, yeah, no, you have to go and look for the ceilings. And, it's kind of uh, scary thought, when Google knows you better than yourself, right? <laughs> oh, we, oui, we. Oui. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now I figured out how they knew what I needed to know so that I could do that in my own marketing campaign. Algorithms are great. Yes, and once you know they what they're looking for, uh, how that works, uh, you can build your offer, uh, build your um, about your products and services and uh, be successful at that because it levels the playing field in a lot of ways. It doesn't matter uh, how, you know, how wealthy you are sometimes if you or how much, how, how big is your team, marketing team, uh, the rules are the same for everybody pretty much. Uh, so if you can really take advantage of that and uh, get the leverage right, uh, you could get, and you know it, it also depends like in in this industry there was not a lot of competition at the time we were the first ones in the new york new jersey to start the start ceiling installations and then and i really like you know art of course and opportunity to do things uh, creatively and that was a great way to just like play with everything i view uh, my marketing campaign as art medium a business model as art medium. And of course, Canvas itself is a great art medium um, for printing, for designs uh, in many different ways. Um, my part is writing projects and uh, uh, sales. So as a sales guy and somebody who is in the field uh, all the time, I find uh, this material very versatile and very clean. Um, and one of the most sexiest appeals of the product is the ability to install it without any dirt. Well, this is such an important part for any consumer. When you tell them that, no, you don't need to move the furniture or you don't need to paint after that or cover anything, uh, people just love that idea. You know, they are, uh, you know, one of the biggest, biggest comfort um, appeals to uh, straight sewing is uh, uh, it's, it's cleanliness. Um, and um, uh, like Victor mentioned, it's such a great medium. It can be a canvas for uh, a wall mural that he's actually uh, sitting next to. I mean, right behind us, actually, the uh, product that uh, we created. And Victor was the uh, uh, creator of this graphic. And it can be in the form of acoustic panels. So any of your listeners are podcasters and are looking to get in the podcast and are looking to create such uh, 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 an amazing background with their own custom graphics, they can always contact us and go to uh, um, um, our uh, website and get it for themselves. Uh, they can either choose it through the library that we created or they can have their own graphics sent to us where we can work with them and uh, create uh, their own backgrounds. Um, they don't so know what that, they want. Stop telling them that they can choose what they like. <laughs> we know better. 
<laughs> Don't tell the artists what graphics to put on their acoustic panels. <laughs> I, will, I, I will gladly give it to you, Mr. Tantrik, and uh, uh, go ahead and uh, convince the client that uh, what, what they want. You know, after, after all, we're in the United States and we know what we want, okay? <laughs> Be careful with what you're telling us. We think we know what we want, right? But then we never really want to narrow it down. <laughs> so many choices. Like sometimes it would just be nice if somebody like sent me something and was like, this is what you get. <laughs> this is what you love. So this so wait, is... And yes. Oh, so no, I, I want to mention, mention too that uh, there is another website and another company, awake.graphics. It's www www.awake.graphics uh, no there is no dot com dot graphics is the extension it's like a dot com is that for like uploading and creating your own vinyls or what is the purpose uh, of that? that that is the design uh, company our art and design company for the stretch ceilings and walls and also our own brand of fabric ceilings now uh, awake fabric ceilings Okay, so popcorn ceiling solution is the uh, is a residential consumer product and marketing campaign for consumers to really narrow down to a very specific niche of solving uh, problems in the residencies and uh, for covering popcorn ceilings and such. But as far as commercial applications, it is really great to have another because it's a different language, right? When you speak to a consumer, it's a one language. If you speak to a designer, architect, artist, like myself, you want to use a different language. And so another website was created for that reason, Awake Graphics. And you could use, you could buy, in fact, we just launched the uh, online art store where you can order all our art panels and not only printed on acoustic panels, but also on canvas and metal and paper. And uh, hang it on your wall to make your room even prettier and, and inspiring. The art that we create, I love, especially is because, of course, it is, it's about inspiration and motivation uh, to see the goals and uh, to overcome uh, difficulties that you can see in your life that are holding you back from achieving your success. Of course, defining success is, could be wh whatever for different people. I like to define success as something. In fact, creating the, one of the art pieces uh, drove me to kind of to focus on that even more. Uh, and what I came up with, what came to in my meditation was that uh, one can Success could be measured in the size of the adversity one had to overcome. Success could be measured in the size of adversity one had to overcome. So for different people, it would be different adversity and different size of success and measure. Like immigration for me was a great adversity. For 10 plus years, I was in the, uh, for four months, I was in immigration prison we, uh, they wanted to deport me. So for me, just being American citizen is a huge success. Uh, for some people, like my ch children, they were born here. So for them, it's no big deal at all. It's no success for them. They don't see that as a success story. For me, the ability to own businesses and buy my houses and, uh, and be creative and promote all of these things, do that here uh, legally now is a great success. And I build on top of that success. Also, of course, there are other adversities such as lack of funding. So when I had fund my company with $50,000, that's a great success because I had to overcome that size of adversity. For somebody who can reach out in the pocket and there is already 50000 there, there is no success in that. Uh, so that's kind of a little sidestep. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that so much. And, you know, we talk so much about... Um, the meaning of success on, on this show. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so let's um, talk about that for you, um, Pavel. What, what does success mean to you? How do you individually define that? Uh, well, it means a lot uh, of uh, things. As an immigrant myself, uh, I had to go and overcome through uh, lots of hoops uh, that are 
uh, probably not known to uh, someone who was born here, like Victor just mentioned, when kids are born here, they're basically uh, getting a lot uh, that we didn't get to see. So someone who came with $200 and, uh, you know, to my name and uh, um, with no plan whatsoever, but I was so excited to uh, be in the United States and uh, experience it uh, in reality rather than from the movies, uh, from the from the music that we were getting back when we were kids. Um, this was so exciting that um, um, that pushed me through, and that excitement actually created the uh, successes that I'm pushing to have. I built my community, I built my partners, uh, partnerships, I built my friendships, I built my family, uh, I built my house here. So if you take the last 20 years of us uh, being here in this country, uh, that defines as an American dream, probably. So this is a, uh, a success for me. And uh, as a uh, entrepreneur and as somebody who constantly wakes up and has to solve problems, uh, being successful every day is important. If you solve someone's problem, it means that that great feeling uh, brings your uh, pleasure level to uh, uh, to you know to the certain place. If something like that did not happen during the day, then you're looking forward to another day, and you know that yeah, it's not been you know it didn't work out today, but it is going to happen tomorrow. And it's really important to uh, um, uh, be uh, part of different communities that do good uh, to people that are in need. Um, um, again, right now, right now we're going through a very unique, interesting times. Right, people are in quarantine. We uh, uh, lose jobs, we uh, lose economy, we, we use friends, you know, people die. And when you wake up every day and you're like, hmm, you know, I'm still here. I don't know what COVID is. It means that this is another successful day for me. So you can look at your day uh, like the glass is half empty and then you can cry and complain and say, hey, I don't have this and I don't have that. But you can wake up every day and actually look at that cup half full and say, I've got my health, my kids are fine. Yes, they're going crazy in the house, but hey, we can still walk outside and actually, get, you know, take them for a walk. We still have things that are just as simple as things that do not other people's other other people don't have, and that makes me feel good and successful. And I'm really grateful for that. And I think moving forward, we all as a humanity need to realize a few simple things: um, environment is something that we only can get once. And if we're not successful with the environment, then we're going to suck really soon. You know, and we, <laughs> we, will, we will be in the place where we can probably will not be able to imagine right now. The same thing with the quarantine. We, we could have imagined this even six months ago. And now we're sitting and just, you know, being locked in. Imagine what's going to happen if the environment changes and it hits us so hard that we would be forced to move and lose our houses and lose our livelihoods and everything. So success are pieces of your day, pieces of your week, pieces of your spiritual feelings that you create within you and nobody else does it for you. You can be as rich and as uh, financially successful as you would, would like to be and then you still would not be fulfilled in your life and therefore will not be successful. Or you can be poor and you can live by the river or by the ocean and have a little small hey, you know, house and feel as successful as you are. So I think that this is the most important thing is if you can build it within yourself, it means that you are the success. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, and there's so much uh, great things that you said there to, to pull out. But one of the things that I want to focus on first is the idea of our individual perspectives of the world. And you talked about this in the idea of the difference between growing up outside of the United States and then immigrating here and then being born here and the differences that you see in um, what success means and, and things to that effect. And one of the things that I've really learned as um, being an immigration attorney is the fact that our problems that we think we have are put into so much perspective 
when we look at the problems that are going on around the world. And when we take ourselves outside of our little bubble, where maybe the worst thing that we have go on in our day is that our car doesn't start for the day. And we look yes. at what's going on around the world. And I, I hear the stories of some of my clients and see where they're coming from. Like it puts what success and failure should be or could be into a whole different perspective. Absolutely, yes. I, I, I think that we, we've touched uh, this topic many times with uh, other uh, people that we have conversations with. And every time when we talk about uh, business success or immigration stories that uh, we all have and possess, right? Uh, we, we, we do, when, when you have um, your childhood being spent in, in, in 90s where everything was collapsing in Russia, you had shortage of food, money were obsolete like in the week you could have five thousand rubles to your name right and the inflation was so high that five thousand would no longer buy you even a, in a, 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 a loaf of bread that gives you a perspective of how precious things are right um in the western countries including us people just never had that kind of thing or they did but it was so just such a long time ago that we we, we just you know we just take it for granted and that, that, that entitlement um, creates a dangerous problem of not being able to survive and adapt should, God forbid, that hits us. Um, and if so, like someone who actually experienced it in the past, and not as much as our parents, you know, that's another different story. But as someone who touched it as a child, who saw that a little bit, you could always attend to that and say, well, you know, that's not so bad. <laughs> Whatever you're getting here, will be, you, you'll be fine. You know, just patch it up, go and, you know, dust yourself off and continue because there's so many things that you can do to make yourself um, and uh, to make money and create a family and be uh, happy that um, um, you just, you know, there's so, we have an abundance of resources here, figuratively and physically. You can go to the supermarket and stare at the, uh, vegetable aisle and choose five types of peppers you know in some countries you don't have peppers you just don't have them you know or you have one kind and that's exactly what small things that i did i keep referring to that but it's just the small things that makes makes that life such a vibrant and such a um a, a rich environment and we all need to appreciate that yeah, I definitely agree. That's so well said. Um, the next thing I want to talk about that you mentioned, and I'd love both of your um, kind of input on this, is you mentioned um, problem solving. And you mentioned success being when you can solve somebody's problem. And that could be your own problem or it could be somebody else's. Um, so many people that listen to this show are either new in the entrepreneurial world or they're in a nine to five trying to figure out whether they want to leave that to start um, the entrepreneurial world. And problem solving is like that number one central thing. Like nobody buys your, your fabric ceilings because they're fabric ceilings. They buy them because you're solving a problem for them with their, with their ceilings. Can you guys both talk about how much the idea of problem solving has played in your entrepreneurial success? Uh, Pavel talked about this a little bit. I think it's important, but it's also kind of key to know, kind of take inventory of your own situation in that what you're bringing to solve someone's problem. Because if you're full of problems yourself, uh, coming over to solve other people's problem, uh, it could make it worse. Uh, so you want to see what you're really good at first and, uh, and uh, do some uh, proof of concept, okay? And get really good at one or two things and then scale from there. Problem solving is good. It's also good to take uh, uh, out of the picture things that sometimes make it... Uh, create problems too. Uh, it's like preventing problems from happening is because great managers, sometimes you don't hear about them because they are so great that they don't make any problems appear in their organizations and you never hear about their, oh, they've solved this great catastrophe for this company. But who makes a catastrophe on the first place? Uh, that was either created by the culture or by kind of circumstances, by, but things over and over happen uh, 
and, and managers do not take responsibility, but then they come over and say, oh, we're gonna do the great thing to solve this problem. Uh, don't make the problem to happen in the first place. Uh, focus but on it, that. But, but it's not fun to live without a problem. You, know? oh, so you, you gotta have a problem to solve a problem. <laughs> it's not a choice. Right? Right? <laughs> it's not a choice. Sometimes uh, we well, don't have you know, life, life happens and you know, we have all sorts of problems and they, uh, they come up out of nowhere. Sometimes you expect them, sometimes you don't expect them. And uh, I think great, one of, the, one of the best companies were born out of solving problems. And like Victor mentioned, being able to solve it for yourself first is very important. Um, look at Shark Tank uh, uh, companies that are being represented there. Every time you go there, the story starts with, oh, I had a problem, you know, and I solved this problem X and Y and Z. And that's how um, I came up with this idea. And uh, I related this problem to my consumers or my soon-to-be consumers. And they went for it and therefore started buying my product. So solving it for yourself um, yes, is step number one to be able to leap towards uh, 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 solving other problems, you know, and creating uh, the product that, uh, that that will help with that. Yeah, um, the and, concept uh, in your own concept, exactly, yes. In your own organization. And, correct. And, and we as people who brought the product, stretch ceilings to the United States, had a product but had no solution. <laughs> to begin with, um, we were trying to sell this great idea of uh, fabric being stretched on your ceiling. And uh, we were, you know, people looked at us like we we're crazy, you know, like uh, Mr. Tantrik and Mrs. Mr. Pottle came from uh, these different real, weird countries, you know, they're trying to put something on my ceiling. Hell no, I'm not getting that done. And then as soon as you switch the perspective and say, hey, you got a problem with popcorn, um, would you like us to help you with that? Nobody ever questioned that. You know, they loved it. So that's exactly where uh, we, um, um, uh, you know, we 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 created the proof of, uh, 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 you know, of, of, of you know the solution for ourselves first, and then we extended this uh, uh, to our customers. And and then marketing too. The one of our problems was exactly that: uh, marketing and sales. And once we did that, uh, we kind of okay. Uh, we could offer it to other companies, uh, the marketing ideas, the, the knowledge with working with Google and algorithms and building great websites that are uh, problem solving based. So sort of point out the problems that then people like search for because people search for solutions to their problems. Number one, now advertising does not work the way it was before. Uh, just pouring tons of money and we tried this over and over, trade shows and just ads advertisement. Uh, does not work for our company because it's it's it doesn't it, we have to find the customer in the right point in their lifetime so timing is important when are they dealing with a popcorn ceiling or any kind of ceiling or acoustic problem is when they're moving out or they're moving in to the new house so putting it in front of everybody all owners of the building uh, does not make it just a waste of money yes we are getting some eyeballs uh, attention but that does not convert and as soon as we've, so learning this and solving it for ourselves, the marketing issues, the kind of knowledge of uh, fine tuning the campaign, then I could translate that to other companies in the industries like wood flooring companies, where we also, where we actually, we came from, from the wood flooring business, where we had together ages ago in the past lifetime. Um, so yeah, that was great times. Yeah, I and I think there's something that's so important about what you just said, because um, when we're running a business of any kind, whether it's a side hustle or whether it's your your full business, understanding like who your client is. I feel like so many people go into it thinking that they're going to be everything to everyone. Like they want to make sure yeah. that everybody loves them. And what you just said is really important. Like somebody you might know that your product is amazing for everyone but you don't know, but you also know that there are certain people who are going to buy it because it solves their problem. And that's where you get to narrow it down to actually make an impact and, and help people. Mm -hmm. I love so that nice. so much. So one of the things that I want to talk about that you guys have both kind of mentioned is, you know, we talked about so much relating to the um, entitlement side of things. And I feel like this 
goes on so much in the entrepreneurial world. People think I worked so hard to get here. I've put in all the work to get this and life should just work out. Like I have to be successful because I put in all the work and it's not always the way that it happens. Can you guys talk about a time in your life where you did everything right and it just didn't work out and how you guys picked yourself up and moved on from that? Well, <laughs> we can we can have three episodes uh, just <laughs> dedicated to uh, failures. I guess you know I will go straight forward about that. I uh, one of the one of the last uh, um, uh, actually uh, on air live shows that we had uh, with um, our friend Eric Cabral, Josh Carey, and Lisa uh, Divine. We were we we just we just got into the quarantine where everybody just got locked in and uh, we started these uh, virtual. Uh, meetings and uh, um, uh, live shows and I was a guest there and this is something that just came up and uh, I, um, I I felt really down the, the part of me was like you know I don't know when last time I was just locked in the house and I wasn't moving I had just my, 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 my level of uh, negativity towards that was such a you know so high that I just felt down it wasn't the depression but it was something was like you know, like just didn't, I, I couldn't let it go, right? And I, I looked at it as a form of failure. But then um, we started speaking about it. And the, in the conversation, I mentioned that we had so many of them in the past. As a matter of fact, my day yesterday was a failure, you know, if you look at it, but I'm looking at it as a learning curve. I had plans to do uh, the uh, uh, PodMax preparation and I had to be home at like four or five o'clock and ended up being home by, by, by midnight and I was completely down and crashed and I couldn't do anything. I'm like, how the hell do I wake up and actually do the interview with you? And uh, you know, what are we gonna do here, right? But then morning brings you different perspective and uh, you see the sunshine um, and uh, that pushes sometimes, you to the new- Sometimes not. Yeah, sometimes not, but well, yeah, but, 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 but it gave me, but it gave me the encouragement, everything will be fine. Um, Again, it's solving an issue and being able to uh, recover from failure largely depends on your perspective of life. If you are positive in general and you're looking at uh, things that as, as, as a learning curve, um, I think uh, that always gives, gives you the perspective, okay, it didn't work out, but what did I learn from this failure? And if you can apply that moving forward, that means you will be successful next time. And don't get me wrong, you fail nine times out of 10 before you actually get, become successful in anything. It's the same as starting, you know, like baby when they start walking, what they do, they fail, right? What happens when you start driving a car? You fail, you know. If they're just bad babies. Well, you know, there, you there, there are many things that happen, but again, you start with failure. Regarding, regarding what you do, you start with failure. And the higher in the hierarchy of success you are, the harder the fall, you know. And I am looking, I'm looking, I'm looking up to uh, uh, people that I admire a lot. And um, I think that they have a lot more, you know, failures than successes. And uh, I, I think that uh, we all need to learn from that and not just, you know, drop everything and walk away from uh, something that we truly love. That is, that is also important. If you, if you do something you don't like, then get the hell out of the room and find something that you like, you know, because that's not going to work. Uh, I would say the definition of failure is not only not getting the outcomes that you want. I think we talk a lot about uh, as far as like, well, I did this and didn't, it didn't happen that way. It's not just the outcome because you do not control the outcome. It's an illusion that you ever control the outcome. Uh, you never control the outcome. You could control your actions, but there's too many variables that produce the outcome that you can never control. It's an illusion and delusion. So once you get comfortable with that, number one, so you can just do what you want and you need to do, you think that you need to do, uh, then... Um, and get into action. Uh, then the outcome, whatever it is, and less attached you are to the outcome sometimes, a lot of times actually, uh, frees up the energy for it to be in the best way. You just let it go 
and it will emerge because there are so many things and so many forces that are in action. Um, there's esoteric uh, kind of practices and other things that are happening uh, that people are doing sometimes and people know success is spiritual. The people who really have got a lot of success, they understand there is a law to it and it's spiritual in the nature because it is abstract by the meaning. It's not a concrete thing. Oh, this is success and that's not a kind of success. Outcome is an outcome, success is success. It's the definition of success. So letting go of the attachment to result is one thing. Do what you need to do and then market will uh, kind of show what, what really it will, it will produce an outcome. And then from there you can decide how you're gonna, what you're gonna do next. Um, uh, and of course, I think knowing the, uh, yourself and be kind of a, almost focusing on self-realization as part of the process is very important uh, to be true to yourself. So if you have a truly French accent, you know, this is it for you. And also, uh, we don't know how much, how long we have with this uh, pandemic, right? Uh, so all I know, if I don't be true to myself as this show, uh, I could be gone tomorrow and nobody will find out who uh, Tantrique uh, because I was hiding. Uh, <laughs> and uh, some other guy, Victor, showed up at the show instead. <laughs> and uh, so we, we never knew because you have to test things and try things and, uh, and result and the outcome will, will kind of, uh, will be what it is. Uh, not be too attached to it because a success is, uh, is relevant. It's absolutely abstract meaning to uh, of it all. There's not really success out there. Uh, if you look out there in reality, success is a purely abstract phenomena. That's just a concept. Uh, if you're seeking abstract phenomena, you will always fail because you just, oh, is that success? Is that success? Is that really not success? So don't be, uh, I think that's, that's kind of important to be uh, sort of somewhat a, a seeker of a true, uh, true self. <laughs> oh, there are philosophers going crazy all over the world right now talking about success being abstract and not existing. So I think you just really? opened Pandora's box with that comment. And I love it so much. Um, I actually did a paper in undergrad on whether we actually know what we think we know or whether we just think we saw it because of our perspective yeah. really? and success is the same way. So I love that you, that you described it as an abstract thing. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to hit on, because I think it's so important that um, was said is this idea of if you're not doing something that you love, get out and do something else. And I feel like so many times people think I started this project. I have to make it successful in order for me to be able to feel like I'm a success. And sometimes walking away is the successful thing to do. Sometimes acknowledging that this isn't the path you're supposed to be on and following your true self is what success really means. And I think especially in this culture, we've been um, taught since we were kids, like you start what you finish, you start what you finish. And uh, that leads us to think that we can't walk away. So I think it's really important that you, that you guys mentioned that. Oh, it's been a great conversation, Amber. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. We're getting close to wrapping up. And I would love to kind of lighten the mood, not that this has been a super serious conversation to begin with, but um, I would love to lighten the mood. Finally, and... <laughs> I was getting to, to cry. <laughs> um, I would love to lighten the mood and let everybody get to know you guys with a quick random round. And um, you guys haven't seen these questions, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that out there first. So um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I appreciate you being good sports. Um, so I want to start with each of you. Um, if you could do anything else, any other profession, what would you do? If like skills weren't an issue, anything like that, like what's your dream job? Well, I'll, I'll go first. As a child, I was, I, I was dreaming to be a pilot. Uh, as you can see, my, uh, well, you know, your, your audience can't see the video, but as you can see, my headphones and uh, my microphone is just like, you know, like a pilot's staff. So um, it, it, it requires training. It's still my bucket list dream when, uh, um, uh, when I get to the point where um, I can get my pilot license, uh, I'll definitely go for it. But if I had to start over again, that would probably be my uh, choice. That's awesome. 
And what about you, Victor? Oh, I think I would like to be a, a, a brain doctor in my other life. If I had notes, if I could just only open somebody's brain and see what's inside and not get caught and uh, do that as a science project, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that... Just to see how people think, like, is there anybody out there really? Uh, because the idea of self, like, who is that person and where is it? And if I go under, it will be interesting to see what's in that. Uh, inside of that skull sometimes. That's awesome. So if time travel was possible, where would you guys go and why? If time travel was possible, um, my favorite, favorite time travel would be um, uh, 1970s uh, New York City. Uh, for some reason, I was so fascinated with uh, music uh, and uh, um, uh, dance culture that was brewing and uh, being born uh, in New York City. Um, every time I hear something about those times, you know, that makes me so tickled. So, you know, if I could get in a time machine and travel, you know, I wouldn't go far. I would just be right there around the corner, right across the river. <laughs> I love it. And what about you, Victor? Uh, I think I would uh, travel a lot farther back, uh, maybe 20,000 years ago or something to like see the, uh, Dinosaurs. Uh, right. So when there were sorcerers and they were uh, magic, you know, just to kind of see the, the Great Pyramids. Well, it was before the Great Pyramids, but like to see the civilizations that were uh, out way, way before the, what we have architectural uh, kind of, uh, not architectural, uh, what am I, the word I'm thinking? Um, Uh, the, you know, the, the ones that dig out the bones and... Uh, oh, um, 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 it's, it's, it's like English is failing me right now. Um, but I know what you're talking about. All the time, all the time. So, it's, uh, so, archaeology. Uh, archaeology, thank you. Yes, yeah, so before, you know, archaeology can only gives us so much proof because of the time. Time, like, erases a lot of the evidence, uh, as you know, as a lawyer. And sometimes not only time, but time does erase a lot of evidence of the past uh, uh, realities and kind of, and so I would like to see what it was like civilizations uh, uh, way, way before when it was, uh, you know, people could have uh, different, different powers, I think. That's awesome. You could fly, you know, the yogis and, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, there was a a civilization under that was a, uh, why am I keep forgetting a lot of things today? <laughs> uh, they were under under the ocean. Uh, what do they call? They were. Um, okay, never mind. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it was a nice thought for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's um, let's move over to books really quickly. If you could recommend a book um, to somebody that you thought would be a positive influence on their life, what would that be? Well, uh, my favorite book of, uh, I think, uh, of all time so far uh, is The uh, uh, Sapiens by um, uh, yeah, Yuval Harari. Um, after reading it, I was so fascinated with uh, humankind history that it just, you know, impacted me in such a huge way that I, uh, I think about it every time something happens. Uh, so I think if out of all the books that I've read, uh, I had to recommend one, that would be one. That's awesome. And what about you, Victor? Uh, I, I would recommend the book uh, by Josh Kaufman. Josh Kaufman. The book called uh, How to Fight a Hydra. Hydra, right? So it's the, uh, you know, the hydra, the, the kind of creature, the mystical creature with many heads. You cut one off and another <laughs> goes back. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> That's the name of the book. Okay, so go and read it. It's about it's a really great book for leadership and how to become a great entrepreneur. In fact, uh, uh, Josh Kaufman wrote another book, Personal MBA. Okay, that was his bestseller, and this is the second bestseller. Is the How to Fight the Hydra? Amazing book. Very. It's, it talks about the spiritual nature of success and what it means. And in fact, this is exactly because it's such an allegory. He's using the allegorical meanings of fighting a hydra as a quest of what entrepreneur takes to become a, a, a success in 
in the meanings of, you know, in kind of different, different meanings of success and how to utilize that, you know. I love it. I love it. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up coming to the end of our time here. So I would love to let you guys um, kind of shout out where people can track you down if they want to network, connect, or find out more about your businesses. Uh, Awake.graphics. www.awake.graphics. There's an art store. Check out the art that we're producing on and let us know, uh, get in touch and tell us about the art. It's inspirational art for entrepreneurs. In fact, this is our audience. We talked about knowing the audience. This is for entrepreneurs uh, to inspire you to your action, to keep you focused on your goals and to energize, okay? Because you take spirit to energize your actions. Your, where are you gonna get energy? You can't produce your own energy. It has to come from your spiritual world. And, that's uh, awesome. You know, and that's what we do. We channel things. So very out. cool. And what about you, um, Pavel? Um is the main place where people can find us. Um, um, on a personal note, I want to thank you, uh, Amber, for such a wonderful conversation and uh, let us uh, uh, be a part uh, of your show. And uh, uh, we think that uh, we hope that we could inspire. Um, um, uh, more entrepreneurs and uh, more people who want to get in the game um, and tell them that it's not as hard, you know, as an immigrant who came here and was able to start it, you know, you could do that too. It's not something that uh, is out of your realm of possibilities. So, uh, you know, we... But I have to warn you, once you get started, you cannot quit. Yeah, you cannot quit. True. Number one thing, you have to see it to your to the finish line. Truth. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really thank appreciated you. it. And I think this has been a cool conversation. Absolutely thank amazing. Thank you, Amber. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.